welcome to TV I Say with Ashley Ray, your go-to podcast for discovering what to watch on TV and getting you closer to the TV shows you love. I'm Ashley Ray, a comedian, writer, and former TV critic, and each week my friends, fellow comedians, actors, writers, will drop by to dive into the best TV shows we're all talking about right now. All right, let's get into it. NetCredit is here to say yes to a personal loan or line of credit when other lenders say no. Apply in minutes and get a decision as soon as the same day. If approved, applications are typically funded the next business day or sooner. Loans offered by NetCredit or lending partner banks and serviced by NetCredit. Applications subject to review and approval. Learn more at netcredit.com slash partner. NetCredit. Credit to the people. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. Sam Haft is a songwriter, screenwriter, director, voice actor, and singer who does the music for A24's uh, animated series on Prime Video that I have fallen in love with, Has Been Hotel. Welcome to TV, I say, and welcome to TV Club, as as we call ourselves here. <laughs> well, it is what a rarefied pleasure to be in TV Club with you. Um, and And can I also say, you have an amazing podcast voice. Thank you. I was listening to TVI say this morning and I was like, man, that is that is announcer level excellent. You know, I I am I'm saying I'm always wanting to do more voice work and stuff. I and has been hotel. I it is what I love about animation. The voice work is so fun and great. You know, so thank you. That means a lot for coming from you. Of course. Of course. Uh so welcome to TV Club. I first we got to get into some TV news that's been happening. There's so much going on. I got I got to know your take. I got to talk about it. I got to work through these things. Uh do you listen to Las Culturalistas with Matt Rogers and Bowen Yang? So I have and I've definitely I've seen the Tina Fey clip yes. that is yeah. going the Tina around. Fey, yeah, it's blowing up. <laughs> it's dangerous and expensive. Who and what a truth in that in in what she says. Uh she says uh listen to me, you know, use me as a warning. Look at IO uh and if you look at IO uh Adebri who just hosted SNL with Jennifer Lopez and then it came out that years ago she did the podcast Scam Goddess. Uh, said some not so nice things about JLo. <laughs> it's funny. It was all funny stuff. It's a comedy podcast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then it came back as JLo was the host or the musical guest on her episode. Yeah. I am kind of not loving how the the IO podcast thing has been flattened w- against the, the Shane Gillis podcast thing for SNL as well. Yeah. Because those few so like extremely different things very different and, uh, very different whereas i think very correctly people are and and io herself are comparing what tina fey said to be more of that situation yeah um because i at the time when people were saying see it's just podcasts and hosts i felt like those were not analogous 
but uh, yeah, definitely. I, I, I don't know. I think I think Tina was speaking truth when it comes to oh, yeah. once you're the machine, it's very hard to then say, hey, man, I really thought this movie sucked because like <laughs> now you're talking about your peers and it, yeah. it's a completely different dynamic. It's a different dynamic, uh, I think. It's something I've learned coming up in the creative industry as someone who used to be a critic uh, that 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 does matter. She's very right. Uh, it is expensive. You're going to have to do things the hard way if you choose to share your opinion, maybe on something like a weekly podcast where you talk about all the TV you love. <laughs> but at the same time, you know, I, I think when it comes to someone like a Bowen or Les Culturalistas, they built their career on being open about what they like, what they don't like, what's in, what's out. So now it's, you know, you're reaching that level of fame where you can't even embrace what kind of made you find an audience. You have to pivot and, and you know, abandon your Twitter accounts, which they both already done. Very smart. Uh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's also, you know, that's the kind of thing that people are looking to Bowen and Matt for, you know, people want their take, too. And that and that makes it even worse, because not only is it, oh, I can't voluntarily give my critical opinion on this thing. It's that also my audience is asking for that critical opinion. Yeah, yeah. And they're looking for it anyway. They want to see any little bit of like, oh, did you see this story? I don't think they like this. And that'll turn into a whole thing every mm -hmm. tweet. It's. It's so much pressure. And part of me just wishes we could all just take it less seriously and breathe. And it's okay if you didn't like Saltburn and just I did. I liked it. I liked it, Emerald. If you want to put me in something, I liked Saltburn. I'm right here. <laughs> I, <laughs> but, you you know. know, I enjoyed it. I did. Um, but I, you know, I think I, I wonder if part of this is also the 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 other side of this coin is uh what's going on with uh, Dakota Johnson right now. As well in yeah. the Madam Web press tour, where like <laughs> she's very not she's not making a secret at all of like I didn't like my thing, <laughs> which is feels very new. Yeah, very that's very different. It seems like someone up in in Hollywood would be like, shut this down, get her away from a camera. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, but yeah, well, you she's know, uh, oh, go ahead. I was sorry, I was gonna say like Hugh Grant with Wonka too. Like it's it's starting to happen where people are starting to say, hey, this thing I'm in is might not be so good. Yeah, they're like, it's a cash grab. I did it because I needed something to do, or my daughter needs college money, whatever. And we can mm -hmm. embrace that kind of honesty, but yeah, it seems more and more, and particularly like as people, I, I don't know, I want to say like my generation, my age. Uh, like I'm I'm in line with like Bowen and Io when it comes to age. But like, you know, we grew up sharing our opinions on the Internet. You can go find an old Tumblr where I probably rated every episode of Skins. And it's like, how far do we go in in holding those things against people? Absolutely. And I also think, you know, it's it it, it is a different context. The uh, the critique that. Io or Bowen will have made before, you know, being in, you know, movies like Fire Island or Bottoms. Like it's, it, it is, I feel like it should just kind of be off limits what you said before you were in the club. <laughs> yeah. They're in TV just... club now. <laughs> yeah. In TV club, it's off limits. And, you know, TV, this is a safe space. You're, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe if we either one of us breaks out, TMZ's digging through every episode of TV. I say looking for something bad and 
I don't think they'd find anything. <laughs> we just, we appreciate and love television here. So yes. <laughs> safe space. Uh, yes. I also need to talk about Will Wheaton and Larry David. Uh, oh boy. I just, I need to talk. Uh, just if, if you don't know, listener, but Larry David beat up Elmo on TV. <laughs> Uh, was Elmo asking for it? Was this? I, I'm not gonna. I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm not taking a side here. Uh, but at the end of the day, Larry David beat up the puppet Elmo uh, while his father watched. Uh, people mostly thought this was funny. A few people were like, "Oh my gosh, I'm tired of Larry David's whole thing. How dare he?" Uh, but no one reacted more than Will Wheaton, <laughs> who wrote in just a huge long post about how this was dangerous. How Larry David could have like basically killed someone that this was the worst thing that he just was so triggered and traumatized by this. It just was hilarious. What did you see this? Yes, I saw this. I, and, and, you know, as an enjoyer of Larry David's whole deal and also a great appreciator of Sesame and the Muppets, uh, I feel like it was, I was at the center of this Venn diagram. Uh, and on like, I, I mean, I thought it was my first assumption, first of all, is that is this is somehow a curb related bit, which he said Same. it's not. But I believe him. Yeah, I, I don't, don't believe him. I think yeah, it'll it, end up in the show somehow. I was like, this has to be for the show. Yeah, it's just part of it is like the way it came completely out of nowhere um, but you know, it's, I, I think in interviews, Larry David was like, yeah, I was the next segment. And it just felt like Elmo was using up all my time, which is also, you know what? Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> Sorry. That, yeah. And it is, it was Elmo, uh, speaking on mental health, um, yeah. because that was another thing that ha- happened. The Elmo social media account on Twitter asked how people were doing mm-hmm. and people, took it just lost themselves and were like i'm struggling elmo i they just really just yeah just emotionally threw up on this little puppet boy yeah Yeah. following the the elmo how's everybody doing post and and i saw probably dozens of variations of the uh of the madman not great bob yeah and the uh and the oh what was it uh it was, oh, I think it's Broad City. How am how, I? Yeah, the, the how am I? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You yeah, know, we, it's just everyone was like, that. read the room, Elmo. Yeah, we don't need this from you. And I'm like, you know, first of all, there aren't even kids on this app. Elmo, why are you on Twitter? <laughs> yeah. Go, yeah. go talk to a bunch of kids. Like, But so I, I'm on Larry David's side here. I think it's hilarious that Will Wheaton act like this was like the start of his personal World War Three. I... <laughs> I stand with you, Larry. I stand with you. Yeah, it it was very strange because like and also, you know, making it such a big deal, uh, you know, like no, no damage was done to a human, you know, (laughs) like a 75 year old man ruffled the face of a puppet of a puppet. Yeah. (laughs) And he tried to be like, he could have broken the puppeteer's wrist. He could have broken a finger and it's like, calm down. I don't think Larry, I don't even yeah. think Larry David's strong enough to like rip a piece of paper apart, frankly. <laughs> yeah. And I think ultimately, like really this is, I mean, Larry David known for 
refusing to abide by, you know, social mores. I think the the really the cardinal sin that he commit was treating a, a Sesame character like a puppet and not a person, because I feel like we've all collectively signed the social contract that like, no, Elmo's a person. Kermit's yeah. just a guy. And yeah. like we have to treat them that way. And I agree. And I do treat them that way. But I, I think, you know, <laughs> him kind of breaking the breaking the social contract of Muppet personhood yeah. was really the thing that I think a lot of people found jarring. Yeah, yeah. That he's he's laying it bare and saying, no, this is just a puppet. It's fabric. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Larry. I yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the the Wheaton the Wheaton post reminded me a little bit of although obviously, you know, Chris Rock is a human being. It reminded me of that Judd Apatow post that was like, he could have been killed. And it just like the kind of, yeah, the, the like blanching of this thing that was a much smaller deal than what Judd Apatow was posting about. I mean, like there, you know, no, not to make a succession reference here, but like no real person involved. Exactly. I, you know, like the, the, the stakes couldn't be lower, you know, <laughs> local news show, yeah, it, 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 it was, did not happen on. on Sesame Street. Yeah, there were probably no children watching. It was like very early. I, I think it's fine. I think yeah. it's okay. So <laughs> uh, that that was some of my favorite TV news this week. Uh, you know, it was otherwise pretty pretty chill week for TV. You know, no major cancellation, so it feels good. It feels good. Uh, yes. So you know, let's get into the watch list. This is what I am excited to talk about. What have you been watching the past week? So the past week, I, I've been playing a lot of catch up. I have a four year old. So like there are times that I don't get to stuff when everyone else gets to them. Mm -hmm. um, and the show that I'm catching up on, because I know a new season just came out, is Love on the Spectrum. Uh, uh, I adore this show. I really, really do. Um, it is just like it, it is. It is sweet it is it like it's you know i i think i don't know if you fall into this as well um and i suspect you don't because you watch so much tv <laughs> that i you know there are those times where i'm like oh you know what i've just been watching something heavy and i like i want something that like i can feel feelings to but like won't yeah. make me just just Hate ruin the world me yeah ruin me and, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I and, love Love on the Spectrum. I just watched what, the newest season. Yeah. Oh, it's so, yes. so good. Uh, Danny, yeah. I was so happy to see Danny the come back. The heartbreaker. Yeah. And oh, that ending. I was like, you, she's going to break that boy's heart. She's mm -hmm. going to break his heart. I am. Yeah. Uh, I also just love that anytime someone has an interest outside of animation, she's like, shut this down. I can't even. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Why? Do how you have an animation company? Goodbye. <laughs> when the guy is like, oh, I'm yeah. a rocket engineer. And she's just like, I don't really see how that would work with animation. So what are we doing here? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I was so shocked uh, when she met that guy. I mean, look, I understand the like San Diego, L.A. difference. Yeah. That is that's the real thing. But I, I feel like, oh, my gosh, they've got like real banter and they're really. And then the moment he's like, yeah, well, you know, I work in. Oh, I'm <laughs> at Comic Con all the time, but it's for trading cards. It's not for animation. Yeah. And she's like, well, like, no, no, don't care. Don't care. See you later. Yeah, yeah. And when he was like, oh, I don't plan on moving to L.A., she was like, well, that's no, you don't have any drive. You don't. What are you doing? You're not you're yeah. I'm, I'm trying to be a businesswoman. 
I absolutely love Danny. Yes. I just, it is such a sweet, sweet show. It strikes the perfect tone. It doesn't fall into that TLC category where you feel like you no. need to like shower after you watch it because people are being manipulated. Yeah. It just feels mm-hmm. so honest and beautiful. Uh, and then we also got the amazing return of uh, Abby and David. The best Oh my couple. God. Oh my God. America's Sweethearts. America's what Sweethearts. What a love story. Uh, it's, you know, he has a gift every time he sees her. Every time he sees her. And dating for years. Like, yeah. it's incredible. Every time. Okay, it's, I've been seeing a guy for like a year and I... I have to be like, oh man, maybe maybe you could get me flowers or something. <laughs> and David, David's yeah. showing up every single date, like, oh hey, I got you this candy because you're sweet. I yeah. got you your favorite stuffed animal. Uh, and then the, t- the first date they meet, he's talking about how he got to go to Africa see the lions, and she's like, yeah, I'd love to do that someday. This season, he's he flying her planning. out. He started, he started planning, planning that, day. that day. He flew her and her mom out, took her to see the lions. That uh, that's a man. That's a boyfriend. Just and I'm just so yeah. happy for her. Ugh. absolutely. What honestly, like, like one of the great television romances of the last few years. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to say like who's my favorite because uh, they, I, everyone on the show is so sweet. But I felt like the story that really got to me. Oh my gosh, was his name Connor or Colin? Mm. Uh, maybe it was Con- uh, in, 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 he, the guy in Atlanta. Yeah, he was uh, the guy who, like, his mom was really kind of pushing him to date, and he goes to the speed dating and, like, sees a co-worker and, and kind of loses yes, it. Yes, and he has kind of a panic attack. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, my gosh. He was the sweetest sweetheart. I So sweet. This Oh, when he, like, has a little breakdown, he's like, this isn't love. Like, get it together. I just wanted someone to just hug him and hold him. I just mm-hmm. wanted to... <laughs> See, here... I feel like where my my maybe daddy issues come out is like the person who I'm like just constantly rooting for is that uh, older guy. I think is is his name Steve, the yes. guy in San Francisco. Yeah, with with the incredible voice, and he's like, "You're oh, such a sweetheart, sweetheart. And I love you, and I think you're just a a great gal." And like, he, uh, <laughs> I just if he were to give me a compliment, I feel like it would heal something in me yeah. that I didn't even know was broken. Absolutely. He just gives such warm dad vibes and he was so sweet on every date. I love that everyone mm. he went out with was like, clearly we clicked. Like, I think he's great. Like, hey, dude has no problem picking up chicks. And he was the one who was like, nah, she was too into me, actually. Yeah. I, nah, thanks. She was too, came on to me too hard, yeah. you know? And, and I was yeah. like, he's just out here like slaying pussy, basically. And he's this sweet he old is. guy. <laughs> He is. He the, he's the Casanova of the Bay Area. Yeah, he sure. had the best date ideas when he's like, let's do this little boat thing. I just, ah, uh, absolutely loved Hitting him. Hitting him with a dad joke right, on, right, right, uh, right when he meets them. A uh, dad joke every time. Every time. He was so great. Yeah. And I did love when Colin was talking to his mom and she was like, well, what would be so bad if you like fell in love with someone? Blah, blah. And he's like, well, look at how it worked out for Princess Diana. It's <laughs> 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 like, you know. Was I he mean, wrong? he's not wrong. He's not. I was trying yeah. to be like, maybe you're not Princess Diana. Maybe the stakes aren't that high. Maybe we can just breathe. You're just like a nice twenty-something mm-hmm. boy in Atlanta. You don't have the weight of the monarchy on your back. Like, just just go on the date. <laughs> just... <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, but... oh my God. I mean, not TV news, but uh, a lot of monarchy news this week. Yeah, yeah. And we let's talk about it because I've been seeing some wild stuff about this. 
So, you know, obviously the, the King Charles diagnosed with cancer, he was in the hospital, got out. Kate Middleton also was in the hospital for surgery. All they said was some mm-hmm. abdominal surgery. And uh, in the hospital for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. She was in there for like a week or two. Yeah. She was in, I think, two weeks. And then they said she came out, went home. And, but no one's seen her. No one has seen her since Christmas. Yeah. Uh, and there's like, everyone's like, well, they, they're pulling out King Charles, but not Kate. And now there's a rumor that Kate Middleton is in a coma or she is dead and they are trying to hide it. Oh my God. That's the Whoa. conspiracy on Twitter this week is that Kate Middleton is in a coma and they're trying to hide it. Will came out and did like a, a pre, like a press thing and his eyes were really dark and people said he was like shaking and rocking back and forth like he was on meds. And people were like, that's because he's so like out of it that she's in a coma or possibly dead. Uh, oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is also like Will becoming the king of England with his dad suddenly dying and his wife suddenly like in a coma or something like that is some real monkey's paw shit. Yeah. That right? is like. Hey, here, you get the thing you want and everyone around you is going to disappear. Like that is dark. Yeah. And I, some people are saying that alienating his brother and his, and his sister-in-law and like, it's just, he's alone. He's alone. And some people are saying that the Royal family orchestrated getting Kate out of the picture. Uh, Some people think Will was tired of her wanting to replace her. Uh, ooh, ooh, yeah, that's and then all alleged, obviously. Yeah, uh, I personally yes. think that Kate got a BBL and she's just like resting somewhere. She's having, she's fine. She's <laughs> <laughs> that, that's my conspiracy. That's my guess. Uh, but the, I mean, that's the thing is like when people get like facelifts and stuff like normally, yeah, they're out of the public eye for like three or four weeks. Yeah, but this is a longer it's it's been a while since Christmas. No one's seen her. And then on top of that, they like did an article where they were like, she may be in recovery for nine months and it keeps changing. Like it was three months, six oh, months, now wow. nine months. And everyone's like, that sounds like she's in a coma, like something happened. Yeah. Oh, yikes. I mean, yeah. and it could it, it could be both. It could be that she went in for something, you know, elective and like something messed up or, yeah. you know, like there was this was a long time ago but like there i remember there was some tv or film person who like nearly died of like a botched neck lift like there's stuff like oh stuff yeah can go wrong yeah i think yeah. it was uh joan river she almost died from like a botched neck lift and had to like be rushed right. to the hospital uh yeah so i i don't know i was gonna say my thoughts are with the royal family but they're not they're you guys will be fine i yeah, think yeah no yeah. <laughs> yeah, my 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 thoughts are with uh, Irish Twitter. Yes, my thoughts are with that, Irish Twitter. You guys are going to have a yeah. field day soon, I guess. <laughs> yeah, uh, because yeah. when they announced uh, King Charles's cancer, uh, one of his aides also came out and said King Charles most likely will not do chemotherapy because he believes in natural uh, treatments and potions and potions and potions. Po- and he said potions. Yes. Give me your strongest potions. <laughs> like, okay, that's how they took out Steve Jobs. So I guess you're you're next King Charles. Sorry, but yeah, yeah. I it's, d- I, it's just wild too, and not to take the crown as gospel, but also you know, like he King Charles seems like such an effete 
intellectual snob. Yeah. The fact that he's like, no, only potions for me <laughs> is so odd. Is so odd. You would think he'd be like, I will have the best cancer doctors in science. And he's just like, no, natural potions. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, hey, King Willie in the house soon, maybe. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, and, and it feels, it does feel television-esque that you have William going like, fully bald, fully alone, now yeah. king in the sort of darkest timeline of his life. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, yeah, I, you know, I like to believe he didn't do it on purpose. I'm going to believe that I'm not in the, you know, he wanted to take her out camp. I don't think the royal, royal family believes they could get away with a second Princess Diana. So I think yeah. this was some accident and they're going to wait until she's better to be like, oh, she's better. And oh, yeah, it was a hard recovery. Yeah, I feel like every day, you know, the it it gets more and more justified that that uh, Prince Harry and Meghan like kind of noped off to the U.S. Yeah. Everyone's like, yeah, yeah, good call. Good, good call. Don't be there. Yeah, 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 just escape all of that. You're going to be better off. And they are. I mean, they're friends yes. with Tyler Perry. So. Yeah. <laughs> If you have kids or pets, you know stains and odors in your carpet and upholstery are inevitable. But the experts at ChemDry can help. ChemDry removes odors and stubborn stains by sending millions of carbonating bubbles deep within your carpet. ChemDry lifts dirt, urine, and stains to the surface to then be extracted away, giving you a cleaner and healthier home. Call 1-800-CHEMDRY or visit ChemDry.com to connect with your local ChemDry and learn about special offers in your area. That's 1-800-CHEMDRY or visit ChemDry.com today. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. Uh, on my watch list, I'm going to share uh, a new Peacock show. And you got you listeners, you know, I'm all in on Peacock. Uh, and they just debuted a new show called Couple to Thruple. It is the first polyamorous reality dating game show. And the first two episodes are out and I watch them. And oh, my goodness. Uh, is, sorry to Tina Fey. I'm going to be authentic on this one. It's horrible. It's <laughs> it is like wait, 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 is it good, horrible or bad, horrible, bad, horrible? Like you're watching Ooh. and you're like, this is going to cause damage to people's like self-esteem and psyche. It's like the a shot at love with Tila Tequila of polyamorous yes. dating shows. Like it is just oh, the no. worst stereotypes. The way it's set up is that there are, I believe, four couples and then there's like 10 single people who are down to date a couple who are, some of them are polyamorous. Some of them are just single people who've never done anything polyamorous of the couples. Like none of them have ever done polyamory before. All the couples are like just monogamous and they're like, yeah, oh, maybe no. we can try this. Yeah. And so 
they do oh, like that's a disaster. Exactly. It's a disaster. Like none of the poly couples are actually like, oh yeah, we're practicing pop. We've been doing this. They're all like, I don't know. We just kind of thought it would be fun. And people always come up to us and ask for a threesome. So we were like, let's be on this show. We could totally oh, dab, this is like just a televised home wrecking show. This yeah. is this is dark. And like this some yeah, dark. some of the singles are poly people who are like, Yes, I've been doing this. I understand the boundaries, how to set up these rules. I've dated couples before. But the way it works is that basically the couples are in a meat market. It is a unicorn hunting paradise. They put them like send them to a party and they just ask the couples like, who do you guys like? It does. The single people does not matter who they're clicking with. It's just like couples go at oh, them, eat them up, pick them, weird. pick them out. And then they have like a big like the couples all talk to each other and they're like, who'd you click with? Oh, I really wanted to make out with her. And then they have a selection ceremony where all the single people stand at one side. The couples are on the other side and they pick and the, the couple per- just pick someone. Yeah, the couple is just nothing to do with the willingness of the person they pick. The person, all of the singles, I guess, are just kind of like, I'm down with whoever. But they just like will truly be like our top two are these two. And then those two people come forward and then they'll be like, and we decided to pick Sierra. And then Sierra like goes over and they have like a little chair in front of each couple and they sit with them like they're oh, a little so pet weird. that's been adopted. So it is weird. so weird. Like at the end, there's like four couples and each one has like their little pet sitting in front of them in a little chair. And then the guy who's the host is like, so, yeah, you just picked your person. But remember, couples, you know, this person does it, it doesn't have to be in your throuple. You can always switch it up tomorrow if the energy isn't right. So it's like even when they That's so emotionally dangerous. Yeah, like, this is emotional terrorism on screen. Yeah, and that is horrible. Basically, every couple is like, yeah, let's see if this person's down to have a threesome tonight, and if they're not, then we'll just find a new person tomorrow. <laughs> like that's every couple is just yeah. like, yeah, and and of course it is disgusting because they have cameras in all the bedrooms, and they show if this is Peacock, okay, this isn't cable. They show the threesomes. It is awkward oh boy. it is disgusting i it is gross to watch it is ah, uh, and it's just like the same di- it's that normal dynamic of like not normal but a no- horrible kind of awful dynamic <laughs> of straight couple man really wants to open this up because he wants two women and the girl is just like yeah i could go with whatever like oh yeah i'm not like really into women okay. but like i've talked to some women so yeah we can like have a woman and it's just so you've got these couples that are like we're down to have a threesome and then you've got holly singles who are like i am down to date to To a couple yes oh this is a nightmare a nightmare and like some the one of the single girls is like you know actually my parents were polyamorous for 20 years i've been practicing polyamory for like 15 years uh you know i'm really you know educated in this how to deal with it and she says that to the couple she, that picks her. And the guy is like, you know, I don't want someone who comes in here and thinks they know everything. Like, we've never done this before, but I don't oh, want her no. telling us what to do. And it's like, oh, you you don't want someone who's going to, like, actually make you be ethical and do this the right way. You want someone who's just going to be like, yeah, threesomes, let's go. And, of course, this girl on the first night is like, but let's talk about, like, what we want. And, you know, like, I'm looking for stability and a real, like, you know, relationship that feels like my home base. Uh, And that's what I want. And he's just like, you know, I was just thinking about how hot it would be if she kissed a girl. That's what I wanted. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, this is okay. Well, well, wait, let's I uh, my how I would throw this back to you is as a 
practicing poly individual, how would you restructure a show oh. like this? Like, would you have it be like uh, The Bachelor where there's a central couple who are poly and like a series of, you know, like yeah. singles or make this it's tough work. i mean i it's really tough because i think you would have to basically kind of allow everyone to date everyone like the couples should be yeah. allowed to break up and the single people should be allowed to like date each other and the couples if they want to it's like very hard to you know structure a polyamorous dating show so i understand why they use this really traditional unicorn model but it's like that is such a horrible stereotype of poly people it's setting us back like 10 years to oh polyamory is just like you know swingers it's basically a show about swingers and if they were open about that and were like yeah these are couples that want to swing i would love the show and be like okay great but it tries to so really then, be like, this is ethical polyamory. I think, yeah, you would have to allow the couples. And also I would get poly couples. Like all of the couples they get are monogamous yeah, yeah, and just yeah. trying this. I would get poly couples, some that maybe already have other partners. Uh, and it is like testing a new partner in that dynamic uh, or taking like a solo poly person and seeing how they like balance multiple people they're dating uh, it would have to be something like that. But then there's no game show element. You know, you're not sending anybody yeah. home. So, I mean, I guess. So so what if you had no couples at the outset and it's all singles, everyone's poly, everyone's pan. And it's Ooh. like a bachelor in paradise situation where everyone's on a resort together. And then it's like everyone's like, yeah, well, like no one here likes Chuck. And it's just kind of like Ooh. Big Brother style. yeah. You know, like socially, Chuck is not vibing with anyone. Yeah. And Chuck's probably not happy about that, too. <laughs> so it's not like. Yeah. And it's like, like oh, dang, you know? each week you have to like find your polycule. And if you're not in a group of more than three, you're kicked out. Like if there's two of you and you're like, well, we're an alliance. It's like, no, that's monogamy. You're out. You don't count. <laughs> you know what? I think this. We I fixed I, it. I, we did. We did. This really this works. And then it's just, you know, who who isn't poly enough? Yeah, you're gone. You're gone. And then it's, you know, how many people in your polycule? Do you have eight boyfriends? Are you doing this right? So, I, yeah, I don't know. Peacock, get it together because you're so good with the traders. You're yeah. so good with the traders, which I do. Are you watching the traders? I'm hearing everyone talk about I, the traders. That's my next thing as I finish Love in the spe- on the spectrum. Yeah. And then you should immediately the watch yeah. the traders. All I have That's to what say, everyone's talking about. Yeah, all I have to say is, you guys, I'm right there with you in saying last week's episode was disappointing. It lost the momentum. It was clearly producers pulling the strings behind the curtains so that their favorite people could stay. We all know Pilot Pete would have been out, and they didn't want that. I'm with you guys, okay? Disappointing episode. So in regards to traders, <laughs> my set, just observing what people are saying about it, my guests, let me know how off base I am, yeah, yeah. is that this is like a combination of like the mole and the circle. Is that right? Yes, basically. Yeah, uh, it's it's like and but it's also the mole in the circle and everyone playing is a reality TV star. So everyone is from, oh. yeah, it's like people from. So it's also like House of Villains in a way as Yeah, well. a little bit. Yeah, kind of that too. It's yeah. like people from Big Brother, Survivor, Real Housewives, Below Deck, and they're all put in the show together. And then obviously people start kind of pairing off by like what show they were in together, but they don't know who's uh, 
who's a traitor and who's not. So it like creates these weird little alliances. Uh, and then each day they have to try to figure out who's a traitor and banish them. And then at night, the traitors kill one of the faithfuls. Uh, and at the end, you want to be the only faithfuls left and you get all the money. But if there's a single traitor, that traitor gets all the money and the faithfuls get nothing. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, that's really fun. It's, it's and so good. And can I say, um, a big fan of of Joel McHale, big fan of a lot of the people on that show. I was not crazy about House of Villains. Did you see that? I did not. I watched some of it because uh, it had Anfisa from 90 Day Fiance, who I absolutely yes, yeah. love. She is one of my favorite villains. Uh, but I just couldn't really get into it. It was one of those yeah. things where it was so convoluted. I didn't even understand the rules of like what was really happening. <laughs> Yeah, and also, like, why are we doing physical challenges? Like, just yeah. the whole thing is everyone's a bully. Just let them all bully each just other. Just let like, them bully each other, yeah. That's the television people want to see. I don't want to see, like, Jax playing dodgeball with New York. Like, that's not yeah. the, the TV show I signed up for. It's not. I was, And then I, I would just see the clips on Twitter of, like, New York totally tore down Omarosa. And I was like, yeah, this is all I need to watch. I don't need the other parts of the episode if it's not all this. Yeah, it should have just been like a Big Brother style, make everyone live together and just chronicle how awful everyone is to each other. Like, that's that's the fun. That's the fun. Yeah. And you get some yeah. of that with traitors. Like, yes, there are physical activities, but a lot of it is just the popularity game of being in the castle and trying to convince people like to like you so they don't think you're a traitor. And then the people who are traitors who like are doing a horrible job of being liked. It is oh, it is just so good. And yeah, we this was this last episode. It was the first bad one of the season. It was the first one that kind of ruined the momentum. But I have faith that that we'll be back on top this week, you guys. Okay, trade yeah. traders. That's my next watch. You gotta get. And, and I also, by I, I had to bring it up because just before Love on the Spectrum, I finished Daisy Jones in the Six, which I, I was, know you're a big yes, fan of. I was gonna say next on your watch list. I know you had mentioned Daisy Jones. <laughs> yeah, and I need to talk uh, to you about Daisy Jones, obviously. Uh, you have all of this musical experience, everything. What did you think of of DJ in the Six? So as a show, I love the show. Uh, I am still a little conflicted on like the last 10 minutes of the show because I don't know that they needed to, I, you know, someone before I watched the finale, someone was like, oh, have you seen the How I Met Your Mother thing yet? And I was like, no, what are you talking about? Yeah. They were like, oh, I won't say anymore. And it just, the like... And she died. And then it find, I figured out I was really in love with this person where the entire rest of the show is about how bad for each other. How you bad are. for each other. Yeah. And how they just needed to it, grow separately, like in their own relationships. And then they just had to wait for the person they love to die. And then they could be together. And that's love. <laughs> yeah. It's when when I feel like the message of the show up until the last 10 minutes, particularly around like Billy and Camille, is like love takes work and that's okay. And I thought like, wow, like what a great, like not rom-com-y message to come from something that's about, you know, people and their emotional complexities and their damages and their relationships. I thought like that was a really interesting message to have, which at the end they were like, no, you also just got like your soulmate and you end yeah. up with that person. And it's Billy I was, and I Daisy. I about that. I, it's I, I want to be, but then that chemistry between Billy and Daisy, they baby. They do have great chemistry. Ooh. They do have great chemistry. Come on. Uh, and then, yeah. And also, like, Sam Claflin, like, great. Riley Keough, really good. Uh, I wish 
if they were to do a second season, I mean, they really can't with the framing device that they did, but like, it felt like there were two kind of entries in. There was, first of all, okay, my another kind of mini show critique is... Uh, I loved Timothy Oliphant in spite of all the terrible wigs they put in <laughs> they there. Did it. It was, they were bad, bad wigs. Yeah, um, very, very bad wigs. Um, but, like, he, everyone else, like, really kind of, like, fades into their roles. Even Riley Keough, that you don't even really see the actor anymore. Whereas Timothy Oliphant, I felt like I was always so aware, like, that's Timothy that's Oliphant. Timothy Oliphant, right? yep, the whole time. It was like, that's Tim- Timothy <laughs> Oliphant zinger. Yep, and he was and just there to kind of be the comedic relief when it's like, oh, somebody just OD'd on coke again. Get Timothy in there with a joke. <laughs> yeah, and it, it there was that moment where he's, like, leaving the hotel for the last time, and he sees the, the other band playing in the street, and he's like, well, that's another story. And I was like, oh, is that <laughs> spinoff set up? Because that sucks compared to the whole, like... Let's do more with like Simone stuff where I was like, that's where the yeah. spinoff is. And yeah, and Simone just kind of like, because it seems like it's she's going to be a big deal. And then it's like, and then she sang with us and she was fine. You know, whatever. D- yeah, she yeah. did her thing. And I do think when they could do. When it introduces her as like disco pioneer. Yeah. I was like, give me. Give me the story. Give me Simone give me... disco pioneer. Yeah. Yeah. I do think they could do a second season though. Uh Daisy yeah. fans, us, 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 you know, DJ and the six heads, we've been talking about what it could look like uh, in, in the chat chat rooms. Um, and <laughs> so what, what is the second season? We think, you know, it looks at them doing a reunion tour. So they like all come back together. Oh, and starting it's like in the present in the day. Present day. Or, well, starting in the the present the, present or like the present of the filming i of, think like it right starts like a, the few, a few months after the end of the show so billy and daisy aren't completely back together but they know there's this window and they've been brought back to each other and at first they're trying to lie to each other they're trying to say that it's about the music that they're just coming together for the music and slowly we see them fall back in love during this reunion tour but it brings up a lot of the same old wounds for the rest of the band also the drummer is dead he's not there but but Warren, <laughs> the but actor. Okay, but the actor was canceled, so he's not there. Oh wait, he was. Oh, he, no. was he was. Oh, he was. He was canceled. Yeah, not Warren Rojas. I yeah, and I thought he was such a fun character. Oh, no, 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 no. So a lot of stuff okay. came out about him from women, oh, and shit. so. But we can write oh, him out no. easy, easy enough. We don't yes. need him, and that happens on yeah, reunion he's on a, tours. He's on a boat. Yeah, he, he like disappears. He in the Bermuda Triangle. Yeah, in the Bermuda. Not. Yeah. And, and so the band had to get a new drummer. Damn. This is beautiful. Oh, That's what I would watch Rohan. that. Yeah. 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 He, yeah. Uh, he had the best ending in the original, too, where he's just like, I got to drum for a good band. I got a hot wife and I love my kids. <laughs> yeah. Like that was he was the only person who was like who felt like, yeah, you're really, really happy. You lived a good life. And and especially his interactions with uh Oh my God! What's his name? The bassist. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, where the bass, like I'm so unsatisfied. I wish I could be your star. And he's like, "Can't you be happy with like this? this? The greatest life yeah. like anyone has ever had. Like we play stadiums. Uh-huh. We're a rock band, and you're mad you're not the lead singer, and you don't even have lead singer energy. He didn't. Like yeah, yeah. No, he did. Yeah, and it's it's funny because like that. <laughs> oh. Damn, that actor. Oh, that sucks. Because I love a moment like that, too, where it's like the kind of the clown, like, says something unnaturally wise and then kind of, like, walks off into the distance. (laughs) And that's all he was, like, he would just, they'd be arguing in the studio and he'd be like, guys, 
sometimes it's all about the jam on your jelly. And they're like, oh my God, that's so brilliant. If you have kids or pets, you know stains and odors in your carpet and upholstery are inevitable. But the experts at ChemDry can help. ChemDry removes odors and stubborn stains by sending millions of carbonating bubbles deep within your carpet. ChemDry lifts dirt, urine, and stains to the surface to then be extracted away, giving you a cleaner and healthier home. Call 1-800-CHEMDRY or visit ChemDry.com to connect with your local ChemDry and learn about special offers in your area. That's 1-800-CHEMDRY or visit ChemDry.com today. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. So what did you think of the music, though? Come on. What did okay. you think of those songs? I have, I have a lot of thoughts about the music. I think part of it is it is so hard to do what they've set out to do, which is to basically, like, remake a brand new Fleetwood Mac discography. That's incredibly hard. Fleetwood Mac is, uh, I would not say one of my, like, five or six favorite bands, but certainly, arguably, um, um, in music criticism, arguably one of the greatest rock bands of all time absolutely uh and the idea that like oh you guys are gonna now make a bunch of fleetwood mac songs by yourself uh it's incredibly intimidating uh and yeah. i think they succeeded with one of them i think look at us now honeycomb hell yeah i think look at yeah. us now honeycomb best song that is it not only does it have the vibes of a fleetwood mac song it also has like the the energy, the emotion, like that song really delivers. Yeah. And I can like listen to that over and over again in the same way you can listen to a Fleetwood Mac song a lot. And I do listen I, to that song over and over again. It's great. It's a and the the top line melodies are like gorgeous. They get stuck in your head. They are that song, like definitely, I think, deserves the mantle of like you have made a fake Fleetwood Mac song. <laughs> I think a lot of the songs don't i think a lot of them sound like fleetwood mac but are not as good as the music of fleetwood mac yeah. i think look at us now is the exception to that like there are and there are moments in these songs that they've made that really do shine like the chorus in regret me is really good yeah um there but like there are there are bits that like feel a little con too contemporary um, there are bits that feel a little like not kind of whimsical enough. Like True. there's, I'm, is it regret me? The verse of regret me where she's like something, something dude. And I'm like, that, that feels weird. Yeah. Hearing, yeah. hearing you do that. Yeah, um, she does. She it, says dude. And I, yeah, I can agree with that. A lot of it does feel very modern. Uh, oh God. The guy in the band who, oh, Mumford and Sons, like that feeling yes. of, these are modern bands trying to sound classic is there. Yes. But yes. I, a lot of it, I think sounds like Fleetwood Mac B sides. And I'm like, that's not, that's a good secondary. You got like a B side you know Fleetwood what? Mac song Absolutely. is still a good song. Absolutely. And, and frankly, like, you know, 
even just like one song that sounds like a Fleetwood Mac hit and like really delivers like that is a huge undertaking. Like I, it's like I don't I don't want to sound like I'm I'm shitting on the soundtrack because authenticity is dangerous and expensive. Yes, yeah. Uh, I think the soundtrack is very good. Um, and particular, like, look at us now, Honeycomb. One phenomenal, phenomenal song. And like, you take other iterations of this kind of like fictional rock chronicle, uh, and you you often don't even have the one great song. Yeah. I mean, w- one of my favorite movies is that thing you do. That thing you do, really, one great rock song, and that's all you need. And so it's you know, I think they they have that one great great rock song, yeah. and that's. I mean, you know, I yeah. they, they, they get that. I am listening to Aurora all the time, the whole album. Uh, I probably listen to it at least once a day. Uh, I apologize to my neighbors. <laughs> but I, <laughs> what, what are your favorite tracks off Aurora? Oh, my God. OK, definitely look at us now. Uh, and then I would go The River, uh, which I think is The so, River's great. Yeah. Come on, oh, yeah. 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 Uh, you know, let me just open my Spotify and pull up the whole thing. It's oh, literally, yeah. <laughs> I literally love that it's right there in my good. most listened. It's like right there, ready to go. Um, oh yeah, I love that one. Uh, oh my gosh, why? Oh, let me down easy. Great chorus. Oh, and won't you Fantastic let me down? Chorus. Let me down. That let one is down, so good. Let me down easy. Yeah, that one. The I, you know, I feel like I don't know that. Again, I'm taking a very critical angle that i probably shouldn't but uh, i like kill I you to like try kill you to try on the verse but <laughs> yeah kill you to try is really great is good but but yeah the, the chorus of let me down easy that like for for a moment there i'm like that's okay that is peak fleetwood mac that's, that's great. peak uh you were gone i don't really like that's that one i or no, uh, more fun to miss. That one is that one feels more too much. To miss. More fun to miss than to that one. I'm always like, yeah, Ugh. that one feels like, um, you know, that kind of like Home Depot commercial rock. It's yeah. like, down and out, down and Like that's it. It feels a little kind of like stomp rock yeah. in that way. Feels to, just kind of contemporary in a way that like blues rock sounded different in the 70s yeah. than like image in 70s blues rock in 2023 yeah exactly and it's you know it does sound like you'd hear it in a home depot commercial and be like but it's not fun to miss these deals and yeah yeah but oh yeah yeah kill you to try two against three uh yeah i do like you were and no words i think is is funny or no is it please please that's the one where mm. it's like Sam Claflin singing. The like, and, I want to leave my wife song. Yeah, and he's like, I'm down <laughs> on my knees like a Jesuit. That one, <laughs> that one is, is just funny. What, what did you think of uh, something that I really loved about the show is the music supervision. Uh, so like beyond the songs of Daisy Jones and the Six, but like the song, like, first of all, the cover songs that the Dunn Brothers band plays, yeah. the needle drops in the show, like those, I'm such a sucker for that. Like one of my, one of the, my kind of comfort movies, even though I know, it, it, I know cerebrally, like it's not like a good movie is uh, that movie Pirate Radio. Oh yeah. Just because <laughs> yeah. the needle drops are like, I'm such just sucker for like a great like 60s or 70s needle drop soundtrack oh, and like yeah. i can carries me i i love the movie i mean i'm a i have a four-year-old son so like i i watch a lot of kids movies I, the movie minions 
huge fan. It's got a pure <laughs> British invasion late sixties soundtrack. It is. I will say I'm not that familiar. I'm not that familiar with the soundtrack of the Minions. Uh, I all can always appreciate a good soundtrack. I do think that made Daisy Jones stronger because they knew they didn't have all the original songs they needed. So they put, you know, they pulled yeah. from the the good originals. Uh, but I did not know this about about the Minions. I didn't know. <laughs> Yeah, you know what? Min- Minions, the 2015 film, incredible soundtrack. The follow-up, Rise of Gru, uh, not so great. Uh, hmm. You know, sorry to have my, you know, Bowen Emerald Fennel moment. Yeah. But like, uh, say, Minions, Rise of Gru, I think, misunderstands what's good about the Minions. Hmm. And what's good about the Minions is the Minions. Get Gru out of there. Yeah. Nobody's watching for Gru. I never, I, yeah. No. He, he just seemed like the, that, that's who they play all the pranks on. He's just kind of the straight man, yeah. right? I- <laughs> exactly. Like, what's... Like, get, you know, give me give me just some more minions. Yeah. Just cut Gru out of the film. I, I think the whole point of a, a minion side franchise is that, like, that's what they're doing when Gru's not around. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, so we're we're almost running out of time. We had so much to say about <laughs> Daisy Jones in the six. And obviously, I need to ask you about Has Been Hotel. I yes. love this show. It is so much fun. Uh, and it seems like the people are loving it, too, because it was uh, number one most watched on Prime Video, uh, I think, for like the past two weeks. That's a pretty yeah. big deal, considering like you got you got competition from Mr. Donald Glover over there and people are saying, yes, give me my husband uh, hotel. <laughs> it's true. And we beat out the dads, you know, Reacher was, oh, yeah. uh, was one when the show dropped. And I think the shows dropped at the same time. You know uh, how hard so it is I, to I take shocked. out Reacher? That's it's tough. Those I'm, dads watch Reacher. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it's it is uh, to the the Yellowstone of a certain type of dad is Reacher. <laughs> yeah. And I think including the Yellowstone dads, I think. Yeah. But no, your Hasman Hotel came in. I feel like you already have such a dedicated fan base on Twitter. I am seeing so many people who are making their own fan art, who are doing versions of the songs. How does it feel to be involved with this? I need to know everything. What was it like to work on the music? Dive in. <laughs> uh, it was it was surreal. Um, and I think, uh, you know, so much of the music it was the process of doing music for the season of the show was like the process of relearning how to write songs in, to, to a degree, because normally as a music artist, you know, you're waiting for inspiration to strike, you know, like you're writing all your thoughts in a notepad. And then Daisy Jones says like, I'm not a broken person. And then you have like a spark of thing and you're like, oh, here's where the song comes from. Uh, but but in this case, you know, but fundamentally like this is like commissioned work with uh, very like hardcore deadlines. Uh, we, we wrote this entire soundtrack in eight to 10 weeks. Jeez. And that's 16 songs. Like it was just... It, it, the the pace at which we had to move was such that like we couldn't just kind of like hang out and be like what inspires us we had to sort of learn how to kind of make our own inspiration and a big part of that i have to say was like kind of improv yeah you know it was just like me and my co-writer andrew underberg like hanging out like doodling different music ideas based on what we knew the scene needed and it, and it kind of like it came together like a like a curb your enthusiasm scene in that it's like we knew all the beats we knew where the scene had to go we knew who was participating in it and then from there we had to just like kind of put together the 
the absolute kind of like shittiest improvised <laughs> version of what that is. And then from there, like just iterate and iterate and iterate and polish and polish and polish. And in that way, like we were able to get like a really solid song done in the span of like three or four days. And that was very, very different than how I'm used to approaching music and certainly like how the the way I'm used to spending my time working on music. Yeah, I mean, I would imagine you have probably not worked on projects that are so fantastical that are about this like hotel in hell. Uh, yeah. How was it trying to find those lyrics and stories in these characters that aren't maybe as immediately relatable as, say, a Daisy Jones in the Six, where obviously I, I, I knew her heart uh, quite well. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, part of that is I, I got to give credit to the show creator, Vivienne Medrano, because I think she came into this knowing these characters so well and knowing this world so well that like any question of like, hey, is would this person be more this way or that way? What would this person think about being confronted with this? Like the, she had all the answers at all times. And that was so helpful. And even uh, you know, at the very beginning of starting the soundtrack, uh, we we weren't sure who was cast as who. Oh, but wow. by the time we had done like two or three songs, like we knew who who everyone in the cast was, too. So being able to use that a little bit was helpful of knowing like, oh, like Charlie is Erica Henningsen from which most people would say from Mean Girls. I'm sure you would say from Girls 5 Eva. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> yeah, yeah, Gloria, of course. Yeah. Uh, I... And. I was gonna say, there's just amazing voice talent. That was something I wanted to know. Like, are they singing? I, <laughs> I don't really know yeah, how that works. I, you know, like with Daisy Jones and the Six, they were singing. And I was like, with animation is like, they get some people in there who can sing, kind of like the Little Mermaid or, you know, was uh, oh, uh, Stephanie Beatriz, like, was she singing? <laughs> Yes. Yeah, she was. Everyone was singing their own parts, uh, which does not always happen, particularly like kind of the uh, 90s Disney. You'd often have like a speaking part and a singing part. Yeah. And in fact, has been started as like kind of a spec pilot on YouTube, also split roles between speakers and singers. Uh, and so when we when it got picked up to series, the idea was like, you know, you it's just it would be better and more kind of cohesive to find people who can both speak and sing these parts. And and that's part of why it's there are so many people who have like stage experience, because in my experience, like voiceover and stage acting like the stage actors are really great voiceover oh, yeah. artists, generally speaking. And of course, you know, they're going to be great singers if they are experienced performing in musicals and uh Everyone was like, they were so on board and excited to sing stuff. They were rehearsing on their own time. Actually, in the case of Keith David, he set an individual extra Zoom with us to like rehearse even more. Uh, he was like super, super prepared. Uh, and also just like, what a voice. What a voice. Yeah. I, again, I just was not really expecting such... I knew this would be a funny show. I think for me, I'm so used to coming from the like adult animated world of mm. the songs are the are jokes. The and the music is a joke, kind of Bob's Burgers esque. Like, yes, the songs are funny, but oh. I'm not like listening to a Bob's Burger song. Hasbun Hotel. I'm listening to these like I do a music, like a Broadway soundtrack. I'm like, this is good music. This is like what I listen to when my friends make fun of me for listening to Into the Woods. It's like this. It's like this is something I want to revisit. Well, yeah, I mean, it's it, the the has been music was 
I mean, that that was part of the challenge, too, is like it wasn't just, hey, we're this is a comedy show and we got to write some comedy songs. It was this is first and foremost, even before it's a comedy, it's a musical. And so it needs to really feel like a musical songbook. But one of the things that separates it from a, a, a traditional musical that I've compared it in the past to stuff like uh, the work of Flight of the Concords and Bo yeah. Burnham is the uh, genre flexibility. Yes. Like it has, it is usually, you know, you take something like Into the Woods or Sweeney Todd and, you know, you can generally say like, this is the kind of music that is in that musical. Whereas if you were to take a music comedy special or show, normally the genre is all over the map. And that is the case here in spite of the fact that it still needs to operate as a musical. But it's just a musical where the music is defined by the styles of the characters singing it yeah. as opposed to one style for the entire musical. Yeah, and but and then and it still all feels so cohesive and great. Uh and the show's been such a success. I'm curious what you think of this sort of thing they're talking about in it, you know, in the culture and on the sites that people are turning against musicals, that there have been these movies that came out, The Color Purple, Mean Girls, where they try to hide that it's a musical uh, at any mm, point. And, you know, too, yeah. yeah, and you know, they're saying they have to hide it because people don't want musicals. And then I see the success of like Has Been Hotel, uh, Schmigadoon, which I loved, and R.I.P. Oh, so sad it was R.I.P. Schmigadoon. Uh, and, and part of me is like, why would you cancel it? And I think it's because all these people are going, because people don't want musicals anymore. But then you see the success of something like this. How does that feel? Yeah. You know, did you guys have any sort of concerns about that? Were you like, how do we hide that this is a musical? Not at all, because like this is a show. And I think part of the reason that it's succeeding is like this is a show for people who like musicals, even if like market testing is like, oh, only, you know, 20% of the country likes musicals. Yeah, but like corner that 20%. Yeah. I think there's this that, and I think this is like a movie budget thing because every movie and TV show costs like $200 million now. So they need to appeal to 100% of the country or yeah. they're going to lose all their money. Whereas something like this, which like animation is expensive, but like this show is not an expensive animated show in spite of the fact that like it's so well executed. Everyone, I think, is like really firing on all cylinders all across, you know, the cast and the crew. Uh, but, you know, this is a show that did not need to make $200 million. So it didn't need to pretend to be something it's not. Yeah. It just needed to appeal to the people who are predisposed to like it. And it just so succeeded in doing that. And I think it's just an example of like, if you are a musical, if you are genre wise, like in some way alternative or niche, like you need to lean into it. You can't pretend to be like some kind of broad four quadrant show yeah. <laughs> or movie. Yeah. You can't make a trailer where you hide all the musical parts and play an Olivia Rodrigo song. Don't do that. Just be a musical. Embrace it. A hundred percent. And and by the way, I think that Mean Girls movie would have done a lot better and been a lot more well received if instead of these trailers that just treat it as another Mean Girls. Yeah. If they were to just have shown like the one of the Regina George songs or the song Sexy from Karen, like there are so many fun sequences in that that like people aren't getting to see because the people who like musicals are not seeing an ad for a musical they're just seeing yeah. an ad for just some other 
for some other movie. And it also, as a musical lover, feels like you're trying to run away from the thing we love. Like, why are you ashamed to be a musical? We love musicals. So I, yeah. I'm not, I don't want to see your musical if you're ashamed of me and, our, and what we love. Totally. <laughs> exactly. Are you, a, you, it's, you mentioned Into the Woods. You're a, a bit of a theater kid. I'm a bit of a theater kid. Uh, big Sondheim is my guy. Uh, and William Finn. I yeah. went to Williams College because that's where Sondheim and William Finn went. Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. And, and it's, it, what's your favorite Sondheim? Uh, I mean, I feel, I, God, it's so tough. I probably I'm gonna yeah. go Sweeney Todd because it was the first one for me. That was the one where um when he does uh I'm your friend too, Mr. Todd. If you only knew Mr. Todd, that run, I was just like, music is the best thing that has ever happened in my life. Oh my god, I didn't know human voices could do that. Uh, oh yeah. And and I have to say, like to touch on Schmigadoon again for a second, that um worst pies in London riff that they have, uh, uh what's her name do? Uh, oh my God! What is her name? She's so small with a voice so high. Yeah, and was uh, it Kristen uh, Kristen Chenoweth. Kristen Chenoweth. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, that like worst pies in London riff they have her do with the orphan kids. Incredible. Incredible. Like genuinely one of the best musical parody pastiches that I've seen ever. Ah, uh, yeah, and I love the lyrics with in Hasbun Hotel because I felt like there was that Sondheim quality. <laughs> Uh, which we had a recent well, guest who who made fun of me for loving Sondheim because they hate how Sondheim's lyrics are very like describing what is happening. <laughs> Where yes, it's like, yeah, the yeah, tea's yeah. on the table, the window is open. And I was like, well, that's that's the good stuff, actually. He paints a word picture. Yes. He paints a word picture. Ah. I think I mean, I actually think that his strongest, uh, his strongest song, arguably. Yeah, well, I mean, this is we could talk about his strongest oh, song. Oh yeah, all day. I mean, but, but I'm assuming you mean being alive. But yeah. which, what do you mean? <laughs> uh, I actually, I actually meant losing my mind. Ooh, okay, yeah. But like that is here. The sun comes up. I think about you. Yeah. The coffee cup. I think about you. Like that kind of like I'm painting a word picture of the mundane, but in but I'm showing you. And part of it, too, is Sondheim's reliance on the actor to yes. conjure an emotion as opposed to just like, let me use sad words to make a sad To make mood. a sad mood. Yeah, you know, uh, just, yeah, his songs, you hear it in that, like, original Broadway recording, the actress, you, they're just tied to those songs for forever. Uh, I, I could oh, yeah. literally talk about Sondheim, Sondheim all day, and, and we don't have the time. And, I mean, we didn't even get no. to William Finn. Do you like William? Do you know? Do you, he, I feel like he's so kind of underground and just not really appreciated. I might know his work. Uh, Putnam oh, County fal Spelling Bee, uh, oh, Falsetto. That's, yeah, that's the big Spelling one. Bee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, yes. I'm, I'm more of a yes. falsetto landhead, uh, March of the Falsettos in trousers. Yes. But love William. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, uh, and I, I will say to touch on another you know, as long as we're in the sort of Sondheim kick, uh, we talked Schmigadoon a second ago, but there's also, of course, Co-op. Yes. Which was so great on Documentary Now, yes. which had, of course, um, Alex Brightman, who was in Has Been Hotel twice. Yes. Uh, and uh, that and episode. I love that. That episode is now on Netflix. It just came on there like in the last few months. If you have not watched that episode of Documentary Now, you must. It, especially if you love Sondheim, it is just the best parody of, of making a Broadway cast recording. 
It's phenomenal. Um, it's, it, it, you know, Richard Kind at his best. <laughs> and really, I do think that that Brightman song, the like, uh, I'm sorry, but I've had a little cocaine tonight. <laughs> like, the, the, you know, that patter song captures the Sondheim patter song better than anything I've ever oh, seen. Oh, yeah. And the I'm ready to go. I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> Just incredible. Uh, I'm so glad we got to talk musicals. We got to talk Daisy Jones. That's what oh, I yes. wanted. I, we're we're at the end of this thing. Listeners, go watch Hasbin Hotel on Prime Video. You'll enjoy it. You'll have the best time. Sam, where can people follow you? Anything you want to plug? Yes. Yeah. Um, well, obviously, please watch Hasbin Hotel. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Sam Haft. You can follow me on Instagram at Sam Haft Music. And uh, keep an eye out and an ear out because I, I imagine we're probably going to be releasing some more uh, music stuff from the has been has been world. Like we've been, you know, we've we've been talking about what else we can do uh, uh, musically, and also like we're working on season two now. We're Ooh. recording it uh, this week, so well, that's the sweet little treat. Have, I know the fans uh, are going to want to hear that. So. Oh yes. Oh yes. We're, we're, we're in studio. We're, uh, we're plugging away and, uh, almost all the music for season two is, is already, uh, done being written. So, oh. and it's by the way, great. It's really great. <laughs> I have it's really no fun. doubt. I hope you like it a lot. Like the first season. So amazing. Like I said, go watch it. Uh, listeners, you know, homework wise, uh, I'm going to ask you to actually watch that show I told you uh, is setting back polyamory rights by decades. But go watch <laughs> Couple to Thruple because I will be interviewing one of the hosts and I am excited to talk no. to them about that show. I am really and also, hey, maybe in the next few episodes, it'll get better and it'll have more like actual poly people who are you know, talking about the real thing, but we're going to get into it because, you know, I, you know, I have to, you know, I can't, this is our representation. I got to get into it as one of the few openly poly comedian people out in the world. So go watch that for me. Make sure you're caught up on the traders too, because it's just so good. And I can't, uh, we got to talk about the twist that happened. So make sure you're caught up next week when we get into that. Uh, and you know what I'm going to I'm going to throw this one. Everybody's telling oh, Abbott Elementary, Abbott Elementary, new season. Everyone's already telling you to watch that. You know what I'm going to tell you to watch? Not Dead Yet. Also on ABC. It comes on before Abbott Elementary. It has Gina Rodriguez. It now has uh, Brad Garrett, the dad, the brother from Everybody Loves Raymond. He's in it. Oh. It's funny. OK, I stand by it being super funny. So go watch Not Dead Yet. Uh, that is your homework. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll be back next week with another episode. TV I Say with Ashley Ray is an Earwolf production made by me, Ashley Ray Harris. It's engineered by Abby Aguilar, produced by Anita Flores, executive produced by Amelia Chapelo, and our original theme song is by Rafia. It means so much to me if you go rate, review, subscribe, follow TV I Say. Let us know what you think and tell your friends. Share with your golden girls. Tell your boys. If you love my TV recommendations, let everyone you know know. For special TV club members, join my Patreon.
NetCredit is here to say yes to a personal loan or line of credit when other lenders say no. Apply in minutes and get a decision as soon as the same day. If approved, applications are typically funded the next business day or sooner. Loans offered by NetCredit or lending partner banks and serviced by NetCredit. Application subject to review and approval. Learn more at netcredit.com slash partner. NetCredit. Credit to the people. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.